other published and unpublished writings. Faye had never heard a name she couldn't misspell or mispronounce. God gave you so much, dear, a teacher had told her in childhood. He just didn't give you spelling, Chan said. T-E-N-E. Hmm, odd name, said the P.I. That'll make things easier. How many T-E-E-N-E's can there be? Two E's, he reminded her. T-E-N-E. How much time do you need? Faye asked herself. Why are lawyers always in a hurry? She collected her notes, zipped her down vest from Eddie Bauer over her flowered print dress from Laura Ashley, smiled sweetly and said, Will yesterday be soon enough? 2. Skip Tracer Driving home from the lawyer's office, Faye felt invigorated. Her carrot cake and baked oatmeal diet was producing a steady flow of energy, just as she'd hoped. She shook her head as she thought of the money she'd wasted on other people's idea of miracle foods. Sprouts, wheatgrass, lecithin, ginseng, various picolinates and chelates, beta-carotene, dried nettles, everything but unicorn horn. She hadn't ingested a shred of health food for a month and felt twenty years old again, or about half her age. This very morning she'd biked two miles to the Golden Gate and two miles back, and when she got home she felt like making the trip again, and did. She planned to cycle to Alaska some day. It was only, what, three or four thousand miles? She hoped Beans could keep up. He was just the right size to feed a family of grizzlies. For two years, Faye and her dog had lived in the marina, a sun-struck part of San Francisco that belied Mark Twain's well-worn quote about the coldest winter he ever spent. Her office apartment was a five-minute walk from the beach and a bracing stroll from dozens of restaurants where she could replace some of the calories that she burned off on her new rope-jumping regimen, which consisted of 900 acrobatic jumps in varying positions, or as many as she could manage before fellow residents started banging on the walls. When the north wind blew off Fisherman's Wharf, a faint iodine scent made her imagine a tourist at Alioto slurping an oyster or cracking a dungeness crab. She found this another useful dieting aid. Inside her three-room office apartment, Faye offered Beans some leftover chicken curry soup, enough to lick, but not enough to cause the same unfortunate reaction that a full bowl had caused the last time. He was a two-year-old golden retriever German shepherd mix that she described as the world's first canine Rastafarian for the dreadlocks behind his floppy ears. The dog was clumsy and undisciplined and a profuse shudder of zigzag hairs of the same gauge as speaker wire, but he meant well. With her best friend at her feet, the private investigator installed herself at her Star Wars control center. This was the part of her work that she enjoyed the most. Admirers were convinced that she could produce the vital statistics, credit records, shoe sizes, blood types, and personal histories of anyone, from Governor Wilson to Vlad the Impaler, although Vlad might take a while. Of course, skip tracers weren't supposed to have access to credit reports and other confidential information, but what were friends for? Faye called her personal network the Friends of the Rat Dog Dick Detective Agency and tried to give as good as she got. Her dining room was draped in swags of spaghetti wire and patch cords that climbed like mayday ribbons to a multiple socket in the four-bulb chandelier. Her desk consisted of a heavy oaken door laid across two filing cabinets and spray-painted to resemble the finest Carrara marble. To the left of her workstation was a microfiche reader that she'd bought at a county salvage sale for $25. It served her well as long as she remembered to pull the plug at the first sign of smoke. 
on utility shelving to her right were a battered black-and-white printer that oozed copies according to its mood, and a vintage fax machine that spat tightly curled messages with charred edges. At her fingertips was a crotchety old Everex 286 computer that she called Evie, or sometimes Evil Evie, attached to a Hayes modem that ran at 2400 baud, the slowest rate available from her favorite electronic shop, where her account was too seriously in arrears for an upgrade. A red light winked on the answering machine that she'd picked up at the Goodwill, but she decided to ignore it for the moment. Like the pilot of a transoceanic jet, she sat among her humming machines and blinking lights to launch her journey into the private world of... What was that name again? She consulted her notes and found Danny T-E-E-N-Y. She hoped Ken Chan hadn't misspelled it. Then she remembered that it was pronounced teeny but spelled T-E-N-E. Or was it the other way around? For a start, she punched T-E-N-E into a database.